Next on BYU Sports Nation, call your shot. When will BYU name a starting quarterback? Plus, the stress of fall camp quarterback battles through the eyes of a man who lived it. That's right. BYU's national championship quarterback, Robbie Bosco, stops by. He will talk fall camp and talk about the pressure that is involved in a quarterback competition. Don't forget the wildest day in the history of BYU 50. And what's the chance BYU uses more than two starting quarterbacks this season? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Happy Monday, everyone. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your August 6th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Doogie Hauser of broadcasters, Jason Shepard. Not sure what you mean by this. You mean like I'm a broadcasting prodigy? Like I'm super young compared to everyone else? Didn't you graduate from uh, the Harvard School of Broadcasting when you were like 10? I graduated from the Harvard of the West, uh, Stansberry. Shout out to Saved by the Bell. No, I actually thought you were going to say teamed up with my chauffeur, Jason Shepard. That's what I thought you were going to say today. Well, you did do that as well this morning. Yeah, I thought it was weird that when I picked you up, you insisted on sitting in the back and then telling me to <laughs> face forward and not look you directly in the eye. I thought that was a little rude. <laughs> I'll work on my people skills when it comes to getting a ride from somebody else. My apologies. I come uh, from a different life, a different level. Uh, please face forward and don't look me directly in the eye. <laughs> Dookie Hauser, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. That's when he hit it big, man. That's right. Yes. He will always, for, like, he's either going to be known for being Doogie Hauser or Barney from How I Met Your Mother. It's one of the two. You're one of the two for him. Every time I see Barney or that character in a meme or a gif or something, I think about a moment I had in Connecticut at the season opener in 2014, BYU uh, at Rentschler Field. Oh, I'm excited to see where this East is going. In East Hartford. And these three uh, students who were very loud and very inebriated kept yelling at me, Hey, BYU Barney Stinson! <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I turned around in like the fourth quarter, and I'm like, yes? And they're like, we just like your suit, man. <laughs> Barney Stinson. But at BYU, you can't really be Barney Stinson. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right about that. They're calling you Barney from now on. That's not bad. Speaking of prodigy 10-year-olds, I was tipped off to a Zach Wilson touchdown run as a peewee football player, 10-year-old, breaking like nine tackles. Not an exaggeration. Takes it as the quarterback. And then magic happens, Jason. The year was 2009, a magical year for BYU football. It was foreshadowing his future career with BYU. He didn't even know it at the time. Playing in the Jordan Pee Wee Football League. I talked moves. to Zach's dad on Friday after practice, and he said, this is hilarious. you got to see this. I-, <clears throat> I took this like nine years ago, and uh, I thought, oh, man, i, I got to tweet that out. So if you can't see the video and you're listening on the radio, check out my uh, Twitter account, Spencer underscore Linton, for the Zach Wilson prodigy quarterback touchdown run from 2009. You can see if maybe he can recreate that in practice to, like today. If he can recreate it at any point in his BYU <laughs> career, things will be good. Huge Monday show. BYU, when are they going to name a starting quarterback? Robbie Bosco on how to handle the stress of a quarterback battle. And what's the chance 
BYU uses more than two quarterbacks this mm. season. Just have the starter ready in less than a month. Countdown to the Wildcats. 26 days. Less than four weeks for that matter. It was four weeks from Saturday that BYU will open the season in Tucson against the University of Arizona. We are 26 days away from game number one. Oh, it's so close. It's, it's almost here. It's almost here. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Now entering week two of 2018 BYU football fall camp. Day four of Camp Kalani underway now. We'll have media availability tonight at roughly 8 p.m. Eastern. Six Mountain on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. Player interviews, coaches interviews, a lot of reaction. Jason Shepard holding down the fort for us after BYU football practice. So uh, don't forget to submit your questions during that Facebook live session. That being said, Jason, you've watched the approved portions of practice up to this point. After three days, what are your takeaways from week one of BYU football fall camp? Yeah, the first thing that really comes to mind is the vibe and the enthusiasm at practice. And what that tells me, people were still asking about the four and nine in spring. You know, that was still a a topic of discussion. How do you overcome that? To me, it seems like this team has turned the page. Last year, you can't do anything about last year anymore. Last year is in the past. It's all about getting better and getting ready for this year. And I think that's the vibe I have gotten is that this team is focused on getting better and making 2018 a much better season. The enthusiasm, as I know you've seen it as well, has been night and day. I mean, it's 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 such a high level. So that's certainly one of the things. Accountability we've heard a lot about, not just seeing it on the field in terms of players talking to it, but the coaches have talked about it afterwards. And, and that's certainly something we knew was going to be addressed. And so far in camp, that has been. And how about Bo Hodge? He... He looks like a running back. Like, he fits that part. There's no question that he looks like a running back. Zane Anderson is absolutely the real deal. His speed is going to be a major, major asset for the And I thought it was interesting hearing Butch Powell talk about the fact that, you look, he's not the biggest guy, but... At his, even at his weight, he is able to make the plays, and that's what makes it even more impressive is that he's not like 225, 230. And then also I, I think the quarterbacks have looked really good. Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, and speaking of Zach Wilson, I think Zach's looked really good. There's always this camaraderie of a brotherhood building something up when you have to rise from the ashes, right? right? I mean, BYU has their worst season in 49 years And they start anew. They bring in an entirely new offensive staff outside of Steve Clark, the tight ends coach. And there's this natural implementation of, okay, we're we're building together. So it's not surprising to see this vibe of excitement and, hey, we're doing things different. And I expected that, but it is tangible. It's almost tangible when you walk in there. You just it just feels like an entirely different team, an entirely different atmosphere. So. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. But it, it's it, it's it happens when you start anew. About the BYU offense, we weren't sure how much we were going to be able to see and assess from Jeff Grimes as year one of the offensive coordinator. Couple of notes from my vantage point, he has given Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake largely everything in the past game and said, "I trust you guys. Go do what you're going to do." 
Like, he is not micromanaging the pass game at all. Both have been offensive coordinators. At all. Like, they are the pass game coordinators. Yes. They, the, the slack has been let out. The offense is also set up to have more than one right choice, which is kind of similar to what Robert and I was doing at BYU. Quarterback can throw it in a certain direction, and he can be right. And if he opts to not go that direction and throw it somewhere else, he can also be right in that moment. They want to make quick decisions and give the quarterbacks a lot of different opportunities to make the right choice, build confidence. Uh, as far as the quarterback depth chart goes, I haven't seen any major movement. I thought that, technically speaking, going in because of what had happened last year with Tanner Mangum's injuries and stuff, Joe Critchlow had maybe a slight advantage. I think Tanner Mangum is the guy right now right behind him, Joe Critchlow, and then Zach Wilson is making the coach's decision that much harder. Great poise. Uh, he, he does not look like an 18-year-old freshman. No, he does not. He, he really doesn't. I think the future is very bright for BYU football. Now, also, the tight ends are being utilized in the pass game, Jason, more than I originally thought they would be. Dallin Holker, Matt Bushman, Moroni Laulupututu, all making big catches from what we can tell in those approved portions of watching practice. In fact, here's what Kalani Sitake said about Moroni Laulupututu. Moroni is a guy that's had tons of reps and has played a lot of games for us. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the injury was unfortunate last year, but um, he looks really good right now. And we'll just, just hope that he gets there for the first game. MLP back with the tight ends. And this offense is full of motion, tons of crossing routes. I mean, there are a lot of things happening in the Jeff Grimes offense by design to try and put the defense on their heels. So I'm excited to see how this translates to an actual game, actual speed against the University of Arizona. Well, and uh, BYU obviously will have to name a quarterback prior to that game. The question is when. Uh, <laughs> and will we know? Yeah, I know exactly. Practice started Thursday. Today's Monday. We still do not have a quarterback officially named. Kalani Satake said after day one that he wants to name a quarterback as soon as possible. So from what we've seen in camp, again, just the last 30 minutes, so it's somewhat limited. Do you expect to see a quarterback named this week? Yes. At the latest by Saturday, I think we will know who the number one quarterback is at BYU. And going into camp, I was like, no way we know by in the first week. Because we heard Ed Lamb say, well, we'd like to name somebody and know somebody three days in. Yeah, two to three days. Like, yeah, well, that would be ideal, but no way, right? I don't know. What if the coaches come out today and say, Monday, He's our guy. We're moving forward. They could very well do that. I, I don't anticipate that we will move in the next week without knowing who the number one quarterback is at BYU. I'd be shocked if it's not announced by Saturday, given all the rhetoric that we have heard from the coaches. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that we will have a starting quarterback named this week. That's not coming from any inside information. That's just my own opinion. And, and I put a lot of stock in what Kalani said, and I referenced this just a second ago. He wants to name a quarterback ASAP. He's not going in and trying to play coy and, you know, the strategy. He wants to get the guy who's going to be the guy as many reps as possible to make sure he is ready to take on the Wildcats in Tucson. I think that's a big, big deal. So, yeah, I, I'm like you. I would be surprised if we get – to the end of the week, and there is not a starting quarterback name. And, and quite frankly, kind of going back to what you referenced in terms of Ed Lamb and saying they'd like to have somebody in the first two to three days, internally they may have already made that decision. There, there may be that decision made behind closed doors. They may not make it 
known until a couple more days. But, yeah, I, I would be surprised if we get through this week without a quarterback being named. Here we go. 26 days away. Uh, it can't happen too quickly, right? Like it, the, the earlier the better for BYU football. Uh, several position changes have taken place. Uh, that we have become aware to over the first three days of fall camp, and that has altered the depth of each of these position groups. I know you love the word depth, Jason. Love it. Coaches love it too. Let's dive into the abyss of talent (laughs) that BYU football is hoping they have ready for the 2018 season, and let's do so by hearing from Kalani Satake and his general overview of the depth of the positions on his football team. Guys work hard. They look good, and, and um, I think you could probably look at every position and say that everyone's getting better. Um, starting to grasp the scheme a lot better, but uh, I think defensively you get a lot of young guys some some reps, and uh, we're trying to provide uh, really work on getting our depth there, you know. And, uh, but we'll see how it, how it continues and how it looks on film. But uh, really pleased with the way the guys worked. Thought offense did a pretty good job today. I know if you're listening on radio, you can't see. Kalani, when he's talking, I need to get one of those hats. Yes. It says Raiden hat from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know, you would look good in that. Barney Stinson wearing that hat. <laughs> BYU Barney in a Raiden hat from, from Mortal love Kombat. Those. I love those hats, man. I, love, I need to get me one of those. So good. All right. To the position groups and the depth involved in each of those positions. Going into camp. We were all asking, at least in Studio B and in our BYU Sports Nation circles, what are they going to do with all of the safeties? Right. Because there are so many. Well, we've seen Tanner Jacobson make the move to running back. We've seen Matt Hadley go from defense and whether he was going to be a safety or a linebacker to running back, where he was a star in high school. Yes. So that has taken a little bit of depth away from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, some people think that the quarterback is the deepest spot. Jason, after all of the shifting now, and we are into week number two, which position group has the most depth for BYU football right now? Um, I'm gonna, A little bit of a cop-out. How about I go one on each side? Because okay. I, I think that there's two that really stand out to me, and there really hasn't been that much change at either one in terms of, of switching around. Come on, Doogie, take a stand. <laughs> so, so on the offense, I'm going to say the offensive line. All right. And I think that that's fairly significant because you're talking about losing three big-time starters off of your offensive line. And, and then a, like six months later, we're talking about it being one of the most deep positions, but there's no question about it. I love the depth. The other thing I thought was interesting, Austin Hoyt was talking uh, on Friday, how he was talking about how they're not really cross-training. Like, there's guys are in certain positions. They're going to play, whether it's, a, whether it's a guard, it's a tackle, center, whatever it is. There's not a lot of crossover. So I think they like what they have, not just with the starters, but the guys backing them up. On the defensive side, I'm going with the linebackers. I love this linebacking core. I think having Sione Takitaki back at linebacker is a big deal. Zane Anderson... Not only from what we've seen that's impressed, every single person that we've talked to about Zane has raved about his play and what he's been doing. And you're, you're talking about losing a guy that went in to the NFL draft in Fred Warner, and yet you come back, and I still think that's one of the deepest positions on the team. I'm, I'm really excited about both of those positions. Okay, I agree with you on the offensive line. I think on that side of the ball, the offensive line has great depth. Running back did not have great depth, which is why they needed two other guys to come up. 
The receivers, there's an argument there. We'll see what kind of production they can bring back. I think there are some playmakers there. I'm not ready to call them the deepest group on the team, uh, nor am I ready to call the quarterbacks the deepest group. Uh, But if we're talking offense, the O-line. And you're right. It's weird. You lose three significant contributors, including T. John Caroma, and we're like, yeah, the offensive line's in great hands. But that's how we feel. Yep. Overall, I still think it's the safeties. They lost some guys. I still think it's the safeties. Take, for example, I'm just going to throw out a few names. Diane Lake or Diane Gawoluku, depending on what you want to call him. Troy Warner, Austin McChesney, Austin Lee, Gavin Fowler, Austin Kofensis. There are three Austins that play safety for BYU. There's six guys right there that I feel like you could throw out there and they'd be all right. I think safety is the deepest group on this BYU team. What are the chances the BYU could have an all-Austin secondary? <laughs> <laughs> they throw three defensive backs out there. Austin McChesney, Just Austin Kofensis, Austin Lee. Why not? Austin, throw Austin Hoyt back there off the there offensive line. Let him play corner. You talk about confusing people. <laughs> That'll work out nicely. <laughs> I think it's the safety. Uh, the linebackers needed Zane Anderson. So he had to come up from safety, Jason. From but it safety. added to the depth. It added to the depth. Yeah. They were already deep with Butch and Adam Pulsifer, guys like that. Deep. Again, some of you think it's the quarterback position. I know Jerem Jordan feels strongly that the quarterback might be the deepest position on this BYU team. Who will be the BYU starting quarterback at Arizona? And when will it be announced? That, or those, I should say, are our questions of the day. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram, whichever you prefer. More of your responses coming up later in the show, but not before we read you at BYU underscore game day in on Twitter, who says, why go six and six for the next two years? Play Joe Critchlow or Zach Wilson this season. Take the ups and downs and come into next season ready to go. The quarterback battle is so close right now that I say preparing for the future is the way to go. There is always that debate of, okay, if we've got three even level guys, do we lean towards youth and the build, or do we lead towards experience and hope that that experience can win you a couple more games and maybe do something more special compared to if you put a younger guy in? Yeah, it's a great it's a great debate. It's a good thing we don't have to make that decision. It all falls on the coaches. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure whatsoever. Coming up, an update on Cougars in the NFL and their training camp status. Yeah, good news for Ziggy Ansa. We'll have details on that. Plus, national champion quarterback Robbie Bosco here to save the day in Studio B. How do you handle the stress of going through a quarterback competition in camp? He's going to walk us through the mental science of that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The new season of After Further Review debuts tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. Dave, Blaine, David, and Brian all back to get you ready for the BYU football season. AFR back tomorrow at 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation always open. On social media, follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. That's the beauty of it. You do it on your own time. Joining us now in Studio B, national champion quarterback for BYU 1984, Robbie Bosco. It's been a while. Welcome back. It has been. Thanks for the invite. 
All right, we I'm fascinated by the science and the mental capacity and the stress that goes into a quarterback competition. BYU football is in the heat of one right now. You have done this before. What's it like to prepare yourself as a quarterback going into camp thinking, okay, I need to step up and prove that I'm better than these other guys? Yeah, the first thing is all about confidence. You have to have the confidence that you're the guy and that regardless of what happens, that you're going to be the quarterback they choose. And uh, you can't worry about what the other guys do. If they're completing all these balls and throwing touchdown passes, you can't worry about that. It's out of your control. But you can worry about yourself on how you prepare uh, mentally, physically, and they've been doing this all summer. So I'm not worried about that. They're all ready to go that way. But now it's the mental game. It's the times where you have nothing downfield. Can you hit your checkoffs? Do you know where everybody is on the field? Do you know where they're coming from blitz-wise? And those that can do that are the ones that are going to move the chains. And the ones that are the most consistent are the ones that are going to play. It's interesting, as fans, people always look at, oh, he must be a favorite because I would have picked this guy. Well, when you're in there every day, all the meetings, it's just a different perspective on who can get it done. And so, I mean, as coaches, this this is their life. So they're going to play the best guy that they feel they can win with. You know, it is interesting because, I mean, it really does, and specifically just about the quarterbacks, I mean, it is a mental game in terms of you, you, you know that you a lot's on the line, but you can't stress yourself out worrying about it. So how do you make that distinction to where you, where you can allow yourself to just go out and play to the best of your ability? You just got to do it. There's, I don't know if there's any secret chemistry to that. You just got to go out there and have fun and, and kind of be a leader. There's some things outside of throwing completions that will make a difference. We've had quarterbacks in the past where they weren't great leaders. They weren't in the weight room when they were supposed to. And players, coaches, people notice those things. So do what you're supposed to do. If you're supposed to be in the weight room, be in there. Be the first one in there. Be a team guy. If you can get the players to surround you, and it's, it's not a competition of who likes me better, but, <laughs> but it all helps. You know, if, you, if your offensive line doesn't like you or trust you, then that's not going to be good. So you just got to be a good team guy. Go out there, have fun, do the best you can, and just play with confidence. And they'll, they'll find the guy that fits. And, and the guys that aren't picked, they got to work just as hard because we've seen it the last three, four years – it takes one play where your turn is going to come up. And in that time, you have, to make it sh- you have to make it shine. A good example of this is Brandon Doman. I remember when we were coaching him, he could not throw a ball from me to you. He couldn't do it. And so finally, we're four and six. We're going up against the two best defenses in our conference. And we're like, let's give Brandon a chance. We'll see what he can do. We'll add the option in there. And we'll see if we, we can get any better. Look what he did. He shined. And sometimes you don't notice those. Some guy, sometimes guys are just gamers. They may not be great practice guys, and he eventually was a great practice guy, but he was a gamer, and he got it done. And he turned out to be one of the great quarterbacks that we've had here.
Robbie Bosco, the man who helped make Brandon Doman the star <laughs> of 2000 and 2001. Former BYU coach, former NFL quarterback, and 1984 National Championship quarterback with us in Studio B. I'm glad you brought up leadership. We've spent the past month talking about how critical that is and the fact that BYU needs it. It, it kind of seemed non-existent last year, and that's probably understated. Who are the leaders on your team from 1984 and what kind of a difference did that make in that season? You know, it's, it's interesting. There are different kind of leaders. There are the vocal leaders, which I was not. Uh, there are the ones that are by example, which I would have said I'm probably more, more like that. Then there's some that just can flat out play. The Kurt, Kurt Govea, for instance, he was not uh, a big talker, so he didn't motivate players by that. Um, he was just an unbelievable player. And so people looked up to him as, hey, let's get going. Gove is making all these plays. We want to try to be like him. But then you have those guys like a Kyle Morrell, who's very vocal. And one quick story on him, we're playing at Utah. We're up in our hotel. And uh, we do these Friday night speeches. And all of a sudden... He picks up a ketchup bottle, chucks it across the room, splatters against the wall, and we're ready to go. We're all pumped up, and let's go. And so, you know what? Not that you have to go to those extremes. Don't throw any ketchup bottles at anybody. But, I mean, so there's different kind of leaders. It's not just about um, – I don't know if there's just one thing that makes a difference, but you've got to have leadership. And I agree with you, Spencer. It seemed like the last few years we really haven't had a guy that's been able to get anybody up to a certain level. We've just kind of stayed down here. So hopefully we get some good leaders out there and some vocal ones, some guys that can lead by example and make a difference. How do you help coach that into a program? Can you? No. No. That's just a natural thing. I really don't believe you're either born a leader or you're not. And like for me, I was not a very vocal leader. I was kind of quiet and everything like that. But the guys knew they could trust me and they could count on me. And I kind of played, and it was kind of my playing that kind of tried to show them. Um, But you really can't coach that up. You can't tell a guy, go out there and be more vocal. Because it's their own personality, and it's just hard to change. You know, you talked a minute ago about once the quarterback is named, the guys that aren't named – It's up to them to stay ready and prepare as if they're the starter. Take us back to to 84. What what was the relationship like between you and Blaine once the depth chart was solidified? Yeah. So me and Blaine were always good friends. I mean, we roomed together as freshmen. And uh, when you look at just me and him, we never had any animosity between the both of us. And even when I was named the starter, he was always right there. He was... uh, he worked hard, and the team knew if something happened to me that he could go in there and perform. But it's just the sport we play that we weren't, during that time, a two-team quarterback. I didn't say that right. A two-guy quarterback team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to pick a starter, and you're going to stick with them. And that's what I prefer. I don't like the trade-off things. You just can't get going. But, uh, but he was ready to go when he had his chances, and uh, he did a good job. What's the appropriate timeline? I mean, you've lived it as a player and a coach and now just as an observer in the athletic department. What, what do you feel like is the appropriate timeline or what works best given a scenario like BYU has this year where they've got three guys 
primarily competing for that job. When, when is the best time to name a guy and go with him? Personally, as soon as possible. I mean, you want that guy. Look, at some guys wait till about a, a week before, and then the team kind of gathers around him. To me, it's too late. Once you really know and you feel confident about that's the guy, to me, you got to name him. Now, if they're not ready, maybe it's going to be a week before, then so be it. But once you know, to me, the sooner the better. You can get acclimated. You as a quarterback will just be in a different mode, and hopefully that, that can uh, help you to help lead that team a little bit stronger. You know, besides just naming a quarterback, there's obviously the, the added uh, importance of putting in this new offensive scheme. W- what advice would you give to, to this team, especially the offense, as they try and implement a new offense, but also just trying to bounce back from a year that everybody, you know, really wants to improve upon? Yeah. Well, I think they struggled so much last year. I think any new addition, they're going to pump up the players. So they're, they're, they they got to be excited about what's going on and how the coaches are responding and how they're coaching them up right now. So I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, but going even going back to naming a starter with the new offense, you want to try to get that guy as many reps as you can. You don't want to be splitting reps three ways, four ways, trying to figure out who the quarterback is, and then you have a week and a half before the first game. So I think that's the big difference. So I think the guys are excited. I've talked to a few of them, and – I think they're ready to go. What's a day in the life of Robbie Bosco like right now? Oh, don't say right now because then everybody's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do play a lot of golf. Yeah, baby. And he's really good. I play with, you know, we take donors out, able to take donors out, and uh, it's just fun. It's fun, the job I have now, and being able to implement raising money and being able to golf and do stuff like that. Um, and then, then it's really important for Tom to get our name out there. So I play in a lot of corporate events and sure. have BYU out there and stuff like that. So now, what people don't know about Robbie is you were a huge part of resurrecting the BYU women's golf team back in the day. <laughs> and, and now look what Kerry Roberts and that team are doing right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Robbie, you without, laid the foundation. Without me, man. I don't know if they would have <laughs> been that laid, top 10 you team. You laid the <laughs> For foundation. For sure. Thank you, Smell. I'll take that credit. Take all the credit, Robbie. Kerry's going to send me a series of angry texts. You will. I have nothing minutes. to do with it. <laughs> Robbie, great to talk to you. Uh, fascinating insight into uh, what uh, these quarterbacks know. Thanks yeah, so much. Stuff. Thank you very much for having me. All righty. The national champion quarterback. And we learned today the one who said, let's put Doman in and run the option. <laughs> that worked out well. That it, it turned out that that was a genius move. <laughs> Some of the best football to watch as a Robbie, fan. Robbie, you need to come back more often. That, we uh, that, we like you, man. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Coming up, over the weekend, BYU 50 all over the state of Utah. We'll talk to the man in charge of it all, David Almodova. And what's the chance BYU names their starting quarterback this week? The sooner the better. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, our national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere, and now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 26 days away from the season opener for BYU football at Arizona. Fall camp into week two. Freshman standouts were a headline of Saturday's practice as freshman tight ends Dallin Holker and Hank Tui Pelotu made an impact. Also, freshman cornerback Malik Moore had an interception 
at the end of practice is Malik Moore, a guy that's going to start opposite Chris Wilcox at cornerback. Mm. Something to think about. Adding to the depth. This one hurts me on many different levels. Former BYU offensive lineman Tijon Karoma was waived by the Kansas City Chiefs after suffering a torn ACL during Sunday's training camp. Karoma had been listed as the backup center on the depth chart. Karoma is with the team on injured reserve. We haven't heard the last of Tijon Karoma. No, no. Speaking of injuries, after recovering from knee surgery, defensive end Ziggy Ansah has been removed from the Lions' physically unable to perform or pup list. He'll return to practice today. Awesome. Ansah led the team in sacks with 12 in 2017. And Taylor Cole was called up from AAA Salt Lake to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim over the weekend. He pitched three and two-thirds scoreless innings for the Halos yesterday while giving up only one hit with one walk striking out three in the Angels' 4-3 loss to the Cleveland Indians. Way to play, Taylor Cole. Let's go. And let's play What's the Chance Now? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? Fun with percentages presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's start with the mathematical prodigy, our BYU Sports Nation Doogie Hauser, Jason Shepard. Tell me, Jason, what's the chance BYU announces its starting quarterback this week? Someone get me like a doctor's lab coat or something. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Studio C's probably got one of those around here somewhere. Certainly. Could try and get one of those. Um, look. We both agree we'd be surprised if it doesn't happen. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say 95 percent that they name a starting quarterback this week. I ju- it just fits with the timeline that we're hearing from the coaches that they want to do this ASAP. 99 percent. I'll do you one better. Okay, I just think it, I think better, it. But. I think it has to happen. Okay, thanks, Doogie. <laughs> hey, easy there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to happen this week. We just talked to Robbie Bosco as soon as possible. Ed Lamb, one of the coaches, as soon as possible. Kalani Satake, as soon as possible. It's going to happen this week. It's going to. 99% that BYU will announce their starting quarterback this week. On to number two. What do you got for me? What is the chance that BYU starting quarterback at Arizona is Tanner Mangum? Oh, man. If it were today, like if, if the game were today, I'd say 100% it's Tanner Mangum. But it's not. We're still 26 days away. 26 days. Uh, and, and if we're doing percentages, and I, I'd say right now, 60% chance Tanner Mangum is the starting quarterback against Arizona. 30% chance it's Joe Critchlow. And 10% chance it's Zach Wilson. And maybe that's even a little bit high for Zach Wilson. 60, 30, I just think there's no need to rush him. He's the future. Max Hall sat out a full year as a redshirt watching John Beck. I think that would be the best thing for Zach. He's super talented. Max was super talented. Didn't mean he couldn't go on the field and play, but why not? Just soak it in and then come and be the man a little bit later. So I say 60% Tanner, 30% Joe, 10% Zach Wilson. Okay, uh, just because you went first, uh, it's going to sound like I'm copying you, but I agree with you. I think it's 60%. Okay. after, last week when we heard Ed Lamb's comments and that it really did sound like Joe Critchlow was the guy at the top spot heading into camp, he said, unless Tanner, you know, performs just, you know, out of this world, surpassing him, so far from what I've seen from Tanner, I've really liked what I've seen. So I'm with you. I actually think he's in the lead right now. And I'm going to say about 60%. That certainly can change. But, but Tanner looks the part. We know the kind of arm that he has. I would say 60% right now he's the starter. Number three, what's the chance BYU uses 
more than two starting quarterbacks this season. I hate talking about this because that means in all likelihood there's an injury. Or there's been adversity. Well, yes. Struggles. I don't like talking about this, but based off of what we've seen the last couple of years, I I would say it's greater than 50%. Maybe maybe, 55%. But it could also be that you're starting a guy like a Zach Wilson against McNeese State now that you can play guys up to four games and not have it count against a red shirt. Maybe maybe that's the scenario that plays into having more than two starters. Yeah, let's hope for that. Let's hope that's one the guy, angle we're going to let's take. Let's hope on one this. guy starts ten games, yeah. and then by choice against McNeese State and maybe New Mexico State, Joe Critchlow or Zach Wilson get BYU the BYU is already locked in the New Year's Six bowl game. <laughs> Stop. So it's like we can go ahead. Stop. I mean, it's fine. Yes, I like the way you're thinking. Go with that. All right. On to number four. What is the chance Ziggy Ansah leads the NFL in sacks? Ooh. Ooh. He's got a shot, but, I mean, it probably is going to require like 17 sacks. 17 or 18 will probably lead the league. He had 12 last year. Before that, I think he had 14. He had 12 and he dealt with some injuries last year. Yeah. I'm going to give Zig about a 25% chance to lead the NFL in sacks. If he can stay healthy the whole time, yep. he'll be right there. Yeah, that's the key. It's he'll all about right. health. If he can stay healthy and yep. play in all of the games, he'll be right there at somewhere between 16 and 18 sacks. Yeah, this is not a blue-goggled homer take. He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. If he can stay healthy, he absolutely has a chance to lead the league in sacks. I'll say uh, I'll, I'll say he's got uh, – I'll say – 49%. Wow. 49%. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, like, I like his chances if he stays healthy. Guy's a beast. All right. That wraps up What's the Chance? Brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Coming up, which BYU softball standout is transitioning her way over to basketball. And did you think that BYU 50 could get any crazier? How about the man that just survived several drops on Saturday throughout the state of Utah? David Almadova will join us to recap how that is going and where your next chance at a BYU 50 box is. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune in to BYU TV Sports Facebook page tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Mountain for post-practice interviews with BYU players and coaches, plus a recap of the entire day. You can find it at Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard, our daily BYUSN Rebroadcast on radio can be found on Sirius XM Channel 143, 7 Eastern, 5 p.m. Mountain. If you want to watch it, BYUSN.com, BYUTV.org. Download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. It's everywhere. Our question of the day, who will be the BYU starting quarterback at Arizona, and when will it be announced? Eli Manet on Facebook. Oh, and he's calling his shot. Tanner Mangum. No later than Wednesday. he's getting specific. However, the words of a recent Sports Nation guest haunt me. Defenses know how to stop Tanner easily, but that is in the pro-style offense that is no longer there. And if you listen to our opening segment, I said the offense is set up so that the quarterbacks, no matter where they go, they're making the right decision. Yeah, They've got... 
two or three right decisions on each play. And Tanner said he thinks that he fits this offense and vice versa. He likes he likes the, the fit, fit in the system. He likes the fit. Certainly. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B, guest number two. His name is David Almadova. He is the director of athletic marketing. Does an amazing job, particularly with hashtag BYU50 going on. Listen, from what I could tell on Saturday with all of the drops around the state of Utah, that, that's the craziest day in the history of hashtag BYU50. <laughs> how, how was it, man? How'd you survive all of that? You know what? My staff is absolutely amazing, and they work tirelessly to get it all ready and to plan it, to implement it, to fulfill it all. Um, they're great at what they do, and so I'm thankful for the staff that I have that can help uh, implement it all and put it together. How crazy are things right now? I, like at this time of year, when you fall asleep at night, are your dreams just filled with big <laughs> blue boxes with Nike gear in it? They have been, they have been, and we just got on our got in our Nike gear for the season, so it's just Nike. We're Nike'd out right now. Yeah, there are, there are Nike checks and swooshes all over the place. Yes. It's crazy. Yep. David Almodova with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with hashtag BYU fifty. Uh, and I don't – if you are – I don't know how you are familiar with Where have you been? It. But kind of give them uh, just a brief summary of, of what happens and, and what why you do this. So basically it started – you know, we used to do, you know, count down the kickoff, right? You'd do different graphics on social. You'd post, you know, 50 days out, 45 days out or whatnot. So the idea was how do we engage our fans more with count down the kickoff? One to remind people when we're 50 days out, it's it's coming upon us, right? It's coming up quick. And so that was kind of the whole intention was let's do a campaign, a nationwide campaign, where we can let fans know that we're counting down the kickoff and that we're going to give away some swag. So that's kind of what started the whole process. Every year it's gotten a little bigger of how are you going to top yourself the next year? What are you going to do the next year? And so um, that's basically why it started, was just to have a more fan engagement part of a countdown to kickoff. Yeah, and in each, in each state, yes, though, it's so unique. Yeah, it is unique. And I think uh, this year, the way we restructured it, as far as having more fans uh, being able to uh, have the opportunity to win, um, I think we've seen from some of the photos of different states that there's been bigger turnouts. So. Yeah, so, so one box in every state, with the exception of Utah, for obvious reasons, there's more boxes. There's multiple cities within the state from top to bottom within the state. Yeah. How crazy was last Saturday? Because this past Saturday was, was Utah's day. What was the response across the state? So I think overall um, it was really good. Uh, we started actually at midnight. Uh, we did a drop at 12.50 in the morning uh, at the IPF, and it was a quarterback challenge. And so the first uh, 20 people that showed up, we had them compete uh, for it. So we had about about 50 people show up. So we let the others come in to watch. And at essentially 1 o'clock in the morning? 1 o'clock in the morning. So we got done at about 1.30, <laughs> um, cleaned up, and then went and got a little shut-eye for a few hours and then got, got up and got ready to fulfill the rest of the day. That is crazy. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see all of the drops and where they are and the amount. I always love seeing after the the window is closed, and then you get that picture of the number of fans that showed up at that location. And it may, and it's even more impressive when you look at all the different states. I think like Mississippi or Alabama had this just gigantic Arkansas. showing. Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas. That's the one I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It's amazing the turnout for these in every state. 
Yeah, it's been great. And, you know, Cougar Nation's alive and well out there. And, you know, the one thing about Saturday that was neat was just to run into so many fans at all the different drops and to talk to them. And, you know, they're excited about the football season. They're excited about the upcoming season, and they can't wait to get it started. And uh, there was a family that we talked to that we were just kind of talking about, hey, you know, Cougar fans, how long have you been Cougar fans? And the conversation led to, you know, we've been season ticket holders there at the beginning of time. And I asked if they renewed this year, and he said, we renewed all 24 season tickets. Wow. Nice. And so, I was, you know, that's awesome. That's great to see. And so we appreciate that. David Almodova with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the Cougar kickoff approaches for those that uh, are local to uh, the Wasatch Front and, and northern Utah. Uh, quickly tell us, what can fans expect of that? If maybe you want to make a trip from out of state and, and come do that because it's sure. a fun event. So it's next Tuesday. Uh, to start at 6 o'clock. It's at Haas Field. That's just adjacent to the IPF. Uh, for those who are Cougar Club members, they're able to get in at 545, just a little earlier before the rest of the public. Um, but, yeah, our football team will be there. We'll have our gymnastics team, uh, some women's basketball players. We'll have our women's volleyball players and cross-country teams there, Cosmo cheerleaders. There's some vendors there. Um, so, yeah, it's a great overall night, kind of a uh, – Hey, we're we're just a couple weeks out from from kickoff, so let's go. I wish upon you much rest, as much as you possibly can have over the next twenty six days before the season kicks off. All good. We're ready to roll. So when that ball goes up in Arizona, it's got to feel like this huge relief moment for you. <laughs> like, we did it. We made it. Yep. And then it just then the season starts, and so now you're involved in that and getting ready for each home game and and whatnot. So, but I saw that your question earlier was about who's the starting quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you- so I just. Past obviously our 1984 champion in the hallway, Robbie Bosco. So what did he say? I'm just curious to know what he said. If you asked him the question, he just said it needs to happen as soon as possible. He thinks it's going to happen this week, as do we. Okay. And Kalani even said as soon as possible. That yeah, that's when the coaches are talking about it like that. You know they want to get this out of the way. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a question that we got asked a lot on Saturday. (laughs) Can you tell us? Can you tell us? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Coach Sataka's decision, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. David, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to, Great to see you guys. And uh, hashtag BYU50 on all the social media platforms if you want to know the state and how to get involved. That is the way to do it. Coming up, Ziggy Ansah will return to practice today for the Detroit Lions. More about him coming up with the Cougar Whip Around. And uh, Mr. Almadova brought up the question of the day. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? When's it going to happen? Let's hear more from you in Voice of the Nation. Stay with us. Shout out to today's guests, Robbie Bosco and David Almodova, Dennis Pitta. We thought about it, but just not today, man. <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Between the Lines, Journey to the Y with BYU men's basketball player, Taylor Mond. Good. You're gonna want. You're not gonna want to miss this. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Fall camp continuing for the BYU Cougars. Freshman standouts were the headline of Saturday's practice as freshman tight ends Dallin Holker and Hank Tui-Pelotu made an impact, as well as freshman cornerback Malik Moore, who had an interception at the end of practice. That a boy, Malik. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU offensive lineman T. John Caroma waived by the Kansas City Chiefs after suffering a knee injury, torn ACL. Yeah, it's been confirmed. During Sunday's training camp, we wish T. John a speedy recovery. I don't think we've heard the last from him. He was at the, that point listed as the backup center on the depth chart 
And uh, if he clears waivers, Coroma will reportedly return to KC and be placed on injured reserve. Yeah, and speaking of knee injuries, after recovering from knee injury, defensive end Zigianza has been removed from the Lions' physically unable to perform list and will return to practice today. Anza led the team in sacks in 2017 with 12. Who are you calling pup? <laughs> Jamal Williams, second-year running back for the Green Bay Packers, enters the Sports Illustrated Top 300 NFL Fantasy Football Player Rankings at number 105. Not too shabby for J-Swag Daddy. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole was called up from AAA Salt Lake to the Angels over the weekend. He pitched three and two-thirds scoreless for the Halos. They ended up losing four to three to the Indians. Colton Shaver, two for three with a home run and two runs batted in in his single-A Quad City River Bandits eight to seven loss yesterday. Shaver has nine RBI in ten games. Basketball. Former BYU softball player Caitlin Aldridge has walked on to the women's basketball team. How about that? While she'd exhausted her softball eligibility, she had another year to play a different sport. Aldridge will be one of two seniors on this year's team. And now we have a little something new. We go to breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU football has officially announced three future games. You heard about one of them last week. North Alabama will visit Lavelle Edwards Stadium on November 21st of 2020 at LES. Now to the new games. BYU schedules a home and road series with UNLV November 4th, 2023 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. And then Jason... What about 2024? Yeah, November 2nd, 2024, BYU will be in Las Vegas at the new Las Vegas Stadium. Yeah, uh, we assume we assume be, that's where it will be. It'll be the home of the, the Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders, yes. Still weird to say that. Okay, so another Mountain West old-school rivalry put into place. I like this game for BYU. Jerem Jordan loves this type of game. They're home games for BYU, basically. <laughs> we just announced basically three home games. It's not a Power 5 team. It's not a Power 5 team for a change. Uh, yeah, okay, UNLV, 2023-2024. More details to come. We'll, uh, we'll put out the rest on BYU Sports Nation. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it? How about uh, giving it to Ziggy Ansah on his way back to the NFL? Let's go. Elite voice of the day. No time for it. So you're just going to have to figure it out on social media. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I am Spencer. And we shout out to who? Robbie Bosco. Yeah, Robbie Bosco.